Good morning, and welcome to Call Talk for August 19, 2009. Today's topic is the customer's criteria for quality. Uh, during the call, we invite you to ask questions via email at calltalk at benchmarkportal.com or call in your questions to our host at 347-857-717. Uh, when you call in, we will bring you online to ask your question to the host. We also invite you to, uh, to in, in, be part of the conversation. Um, for those who do call in or email us questions, uh, we will be giving a free book from Anton's Press, uh, free shipping. We will let you choose which book. Also, everyone who sends in their quality forms will, uh, will also get uh, a free book. And now your host, Bruce Belfiore. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Call Talk. Uh, we really appreciated the enthusiastic feedback from our first two sessions and uh, would like to especially thank those who responded to our feedback survey. Uh, you, you helped us get, our, get set out your criteria for quality, so that was very helpful to us. And it also it confirmed again our impression that there's a real need for this kind of uh, informal peer forum uh, focused on topics of interest to call center managers and without uh, vendor input, if you will. So you also said that the informal, interactive nature of this uh, is important to you and that we should uh, just take emails if people can't quite get on the phone lines, especially if the technology is feeling a bit lazy. So, so that's what we'll do. We are listening to you. And we particularly uh, appreciate the fact that you've been picking the topics, and you've been picking really good topics. So uh, please do so again for our next, uh, next uh, get-together, and we'll look forward to talking to you about that as well. Anyway, today we're going to dig into the topic, the customer's criteria for quality. And let me introduce Drew Phelps. Uh, Drew really grew up in the quality world with Dr. Denning and the Baldrige Award. Uh, she was a Baldrige Award assessor. And uh, she also taught uh, total quality management for the University of Phoenix for four years. And she's been applying really all of her best practice uh, to customer quality uh, to, for developing tools and techniques for best practices inside of call centers. So she brings a, a ton of experience with her. Drew, you want to say hi? Hi. Hi. I'm glad to join you today, Bruce, in our interactive conversation. And I invite everyone to drop us some questions and send in your forms because that's where you actually gain the biggest benefit. So sit back, take notes, and it's all yours, Bruce. Okay, great. Yeah, please do email us your quality forms. Uh, they can form part of a bigger conversation and, and uh, also allow us to give you some feedback in a future time. Uh, now, today's topic is important because, uh, again, selected by you guys, it pushes us to look from the customer point of view. Uh, the traditional methodology has been more internal, and uh, it's involved three to ten monitors a month per agent. Uh, there are forms that are scored by the monitors. Uh, they usually include questions or items that are hard and soft aspects of the calls. And uh, oftentimes there's huge problems with calibration. I mean, this is one of the things that uh, I oftentimes hear about is, well, you know, so-and-so, when we do the focus groups with uh, call center agents in particular, it's like, yeah, every time we change one of those uh, quality people, everything gets turned upside down. Um, so, you know, there's uh, also the other problem is that there are insufficient numbers for evaluation. Um, and, and there are also those little uh, things that oftentimes get in people's nerves, 
like, uh, did you say the customer's name three times during the, during the call? And I remember being on one call one time where it was like, uh, yes, hello, Bruce. Okay, Bruce, how can I help you today, Bruce? <laughs> it's like the agent was probably saying, okay, I've uh, ticked that off. Now the, the uh, quality monitor won't be able to get on my case for that one. Um, but uh, anyway, there's now an emerging model that uh, tries to get away from some of that uh, picky, you know, say their name three times type mentality. And is also trying to split apart the two aspects of the call, the hard aspects, which still need to be monitored and scored by somebody who is with the call center, because only they know what the pro proper procedures are, uh, proper policies, whether the question is correct, and then utilize the customer through post-call surveys to rate the soft aspect of the calls. So kind of dividing those two things out and getting the best person to score them uh, to actually do that work. And, um, you know, that way monitoring focuses on the hard aspects, et cetera, and uh, the, the customer through the post-call survey is able to, uh, to monitor, to uh, rate, uh, tell you the criteria for quality, if you will, uh, on the soft aspects. And by leaving an open-ended uh, question at the end of the, um, the, the post-call survey, you can get their direct input on what they think quality is really all about and what they, uh, the agent should be doing. Uh, just a, a quick story from uh, a roadside assistance call center that I was just in at. And uh, what they decided to do was to focus on adaptability. In other words, one of the things that they found was that uh, it was very hard for a third party to say what somebody out on the street waiting for their car to get service was really feeling. And so they were teaching their, uh, their employees to clue in to the uh, personality and the needs of the person on the phone and be friendly if the member needed that or to be curt and quick if the member wanted that. And to have their scoring actually uh, not just be rigidly according to some, uh, you know, idea of what a perfect call was about, but really try to key into what that customer was uh, was was looking for in the call. A tough thing to do. Very tough thing, and we'd do, love to hear what you guys think about that as well. So uh, let's see. We've got a first question from Sal, a quality director in Michigan. Let's see. Can you clarify the need and criteria for both quality and customer surveys? Okay, perfect one for Drew. Oh, thanks, Bruce. Thanks. Um, I saw this as our jump start. So. It's my opportunity to say how I used to and how I do today rate your quality forms and your customer surveys uh, that are in existence today. So in rating them, I'm always asked about what's the difference in internal and external quality measures that Bruce just talked about. Well, we need to look at the criteria that you're rating the call on. And I use a little acronym for this one because there's always three-letter acronyms in this business, and it is ASK, A-S-K. So here's your first opportunity to take notes and maybe ask us back some questions. In the eyes of the business, we are measuring the attitude, skill, and knowledge of that call. Okay, and mostly that is for accuracy and did you do the right process, did you say the right opening. You do have to signify their name at least once for verification and validation. Um, you are giving accurate information because the caller can't judge that. So attitude, skill, and knowledge are the three biggest ratings 
that we can wrap our questions around when we're building a quality form internally. Now, on the other side of that coin, ask is also important to the caller. So if you're designing a good caller form, look at these attributes. They are attitude as well, speed, and knowledge. So in the ask model there, I look at, at, at the end-to-end -end experience. How quickly did I experience getting into the call? Did they have a professional attitude? Did they impart some new and different and important knowledge to me to resolve that call? So they're actually rating from the caller's point of view that end-to-end -end experience. The ASK model, ASK, works on both uh, the internal measurements as well as the external surveys. So I love to do both. Now, you need to do two ways in some form because I work with both um, uh, biomedical firms or banking and firms that have a lot of verification and validation and the correctness and the skills that you use there. But you know what? To me who's holding a mortgage and trying to call into my, for my firm, I definitely want speed to take the answer. Your internal ratings, they cost about $12 if you're having live interactions, supervisor rating, call recordings, meeting time with the agent, etc. And so those internal quality forms are taking about $12 to do on a per survey basis. But if you're looking at getting someone to help you do an external caller stat, it's typically a dollar per survey, or some days if you put it on your own IVR, it could actually be a free survey. So this actually lends into um, looking at those three measures of attitude, knowledge, and skill, or attitude, knowledge, and speed. So that's my criteria um, overview. Okay. Good. Well, that's great. Uh, let's see. We have another email here. This is from Sue in the insurance sector. Uh, we have a lot of discussion scores or rating scales of yes, no, to uh, one to five, to one to ten, or using percentages. Uh, what do you feel should be set for realistic measurements? That's a good question. Andrew? Wow, a realistic measurement. Because, you know, everybody said, boy, I'm a, you know, I look at the external, internal ratings and say, you have to be 90% or better in quality. Well, when they really, really drill down to the customer's feedback, you know, most people are in their 60s or 70%. So where's that breakage point? So when I'm looking at how we use a scoring scale, uh, sometimes you do have to say yes or no. And that's simply, did you resolve the call? And ask that customer, did we resolve your issue that you were calling about today? So if you're calling into your bank, you're saying, I need to know when I made my last payment on my credit card, great. Yes or no, did we resolve your issue about your late payment fees on that credit card? Yes, no. If you ask that at the end, you're going to have the, the, everyone here that, yes, it was a good positive experience we had resolution. So that's a case for using a yes, no metric. Also, you can say, how many number of times did you call to address this issue? Because there you're getting some defined measures. I had to call three times about late payment fees in the past month. Now, if the caller tells you that on a survey, then you have some investigative work to do. Remember, we're asking the questions so we can take answers and, and take uh, actionable items in coaching, uh, in measures, etc. I'll tell you a, a story from an insurance company, since Sue is from the uh, insurance, right? She's in the insurance industry, I believe. Um, they, they actually put that as their last question. Did we resolve your issue today? And it also gave the caller a little bit of risk, saying, well, yes, actually. You informed me on something that I didn't even know about late fees. I can do this online. 
Great. Um, now, I always love to use a five-point scale when I'm asking something more directed. For example, it's easily translatable in the customer's mind, a five-point scale. If you give me a five out of five, it's an A. I'm awesome. Uh, B is kind of basic. C is kind of, okay, you complied with the rules and regulations. And oh, by the way, way down with an F, giving you a one out of five. That's a failure. You failed to meet my expectations today on this call. So it becomes a little harder to distinguish if you have a one to ten point scale because not a lot of people give you know the difference in giving you a two, three, or four, or five. So Benchmark Portal is actually taking the top rating using five of five or an A and the bottom rating of one out of five or a failure as their measure of effectiveness when we look at uh, our effectiveness matrix. Mm -hmm. so, I, I think there's also the, the one to five scale has that nice midpoint too, because there are those interactions that just are okay. And so you need that C. I know there's some people who uh, have felt it toward a four point scale to force people on one side or the other. But in fact, my feeling is that it's important to have that, yeah, it was an okay call, and give them that option to do a C and not force them on one side or the other because that's actually a realistic, and as you pointed out, absolutely, people are, particularly in North America, used to the ABCDF scale that has that C in there, which is, you know, the, the passing grade, if you will, the gentleman's C. Yeah, great great for coaching. Hey, I see one coming in here from my hometown of Chicago. This is Alex. Uh, so as we score on compliance, yet we want to measure loyalty. So how do we balance both quality and loyalty? Yeah, okay, well, good. Uh, yeah, because we are trying to get people into that loyalty quadrant. Uh, there's a, uh, we, we can't do uh, uh, graphics on this, obviously, but if you can think of a graphic with a curved line that goes up to the end and you've got sort of one on the left-hand side and five on the uh, right-hand side, and you're trying to get as many people into the fives, which is five out of five, awesome A as possible, uh, the fact is the loyalty folks are really in the five range. The four, yeah, kind of, and the three, you're definitely getting people that could leave you after, after a while. So you, you want to have a balance between uh, the compliance part uh, so that you know, people are, in fact, uh, towing the line in terms of your Just make sure that the rules are useful ones. Make sure that they aren't the, well, did you say the name of the uh, customer three times? Make sure it is, was the answer correct? And that's what you want to uh, really uh, focus on. Balance that with the soft aspects where you're getting directly back from the, uh, the, the customer, their impression, the, the experience of the call, making sure that the experience of the call was a good one. So, um, yeah. That's a, that's a good one, Alex. If there's any follow-up on that, please let us know. Um, let's see. We've got one here from uh, John in Florida. How should ratings be applied to agent reward or compensation? Okay. Getting down to where the, uh, the rubber meets the road here. Uh, Drew, you want to take a shot at that one? Wow. Everybody wants money. Everybody wants rewards. But you know what? When we ask the agents what they really want, they want recognition. Remember the old Hertzberg models about, you know, um, just recognize me, acknowledge me, please. So with that kind of recognition, they join us and they come into our companies because they want to be in customer service. That's why, they, why they're agents sitting in their chairs each day. Um, and we rarely, rarely give them feedback from their customers. 
not just a score, you know, oh, well, you're an 84% if we take the high and the low and the mid and the point and the C's and the R's. It's just saying, I want to hear what my customers think of me, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so in that case, I look at accountability being the biggest thing about rewards. Um, when the agent gets feedback from their caller, um, behavioral is an immediate change. Now, let me run you through a story here. Um, let's say that we have a rating sheet, internal quality, saying were they professional, did they talk fast or slow, blah, 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 you know, what was their pace and tone, and you have somebody internally measuring you, and they bring you into a room a week later, do some coaching, and say, you know, Drew, you talk too fast. Conversely, a reward or system internally could be that the agent is, the, the caller is actually asked that, what was the professional level, and please leave an open comment. And they said, you know, Drew is great. She was off my call, but Drew talks too fast. I don't, I forgot to write down the steps for, you know, return shipping. Now, if I actually heard that feedback from one of my callers that day, and I take about 60 calls every day, the very next call, I'm going to talk slower. I'm going to pace myself. So no need for rewards or compensation. But some companies, when they ask ask caller feedback, ask the question, did they resolve your call? And first call resolution is the number one that I've seen where people are actually getting rewards, bonuses, and compensation and incentive fees for call resolution. Yes, you should be professional. That's just the baseline of what we do, and that's a nice behavioral change. That's one of our soft skills, if you will. But first call resolution helps both the business and the caller. So it's the number one most solid rating for rewards. It came out of the customer's mouth. Nobody else measures that. The agent is scored directly by the caller, stating, yep, they're clearly satisfied. I feel that I've got someone working on my side. They know what they're doing. They started the process for me. They were, uh, overall, I feel good. Even if the answer is no, or even if the answer is no, I'm going to put this into a call ticket and they'll, you know, send out your materials one week later within seven business days, you know that that agent has helped to resolve and begin resolving your issue. So a yes means a yes, and in that case, I'd give them a bonus. Mm-hmm. Anything okay. else you see that's out there on compensation or reward systems? Well, let's see. Uh, Sean, do you have somebody calling in at this point? I do. I have a caller uh, on the line. Uh, caller, go ahead with your question. Hi. Uh, good morning. I'd like to ask if customers in different parts of the country have different criteria for quality. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll take that one uh, to, to begin with anyway. And uh, I'll tell you something. What you're asking really is, are there regional differences in terms of perception of quality on the call? And my feeling is it's not just regional, it's also cultural. It can be age-related. It can even be gender-aligned expectations. Uh, ultimately, it gets down to very personal expectations of quality. Um, there's a, a client that we have on the East Coast in New Jersey, as a matter of fact, who is part of a national association, and they feel that their uh, customer satisfaction scores are systematically below the national norm because they operate in an area where people are simply more demanding. <laughs> they uh, they have all those New Yorkers and New Jersey folks there who are wonderful people but uh, just don't score as high and are extremely demanding people. And, of course, I got to hear all kinds of stories about 
how how they have to, to deal with that sort of thing. So uh, we have not done a systematic study of that. In fact, I have, I'd love to uh, find out if somebody wants to help fund a research project on that, because I think it would be absolutely fascinating. What we did find out, uh, this we did uh, on behalf of uh, eBay a few years ago, they were wondering about customer satisfaction scores in Europe and whether the fact that they were finding national biases or weightings to their, uh, to, to, to their scores was founded in national character, national characteristics, et cetera. Anyway, we did a study over there and found that, in fact, uh, at, at parity of quality of call in terms of objective measures, people in Southern Europe tended to score people more highly than people in Northern Europe. And so it's sort of uh, uh, confirmed a stereotype there. There was uh, one comment that was written by, I think, somebody in Holland, which was, only God gets a five, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> so in that case, uh, you know, if you got a four in that context, you were, uh, you were doing really well. Well, um, you know, exactly how that applies to the United States, we'd love to find out. We don't have exact data on that. However, the anecdotal data certainly would indicate that there are those differences. Um, and that uh, there are differences, uh, you know, among other groups as well. And consider what I was talking about before with the roadside assistance people who were saying, you know, when you're at the side of the road and you're with your car, perhaps with your child, whatever it happens to be, your uh, impression of quality is going to be different depending on who you are. You may want something that's just extremely quick, clipped, and efficient, or you may want something that's much more warm and fuzzy. And uh, being able to key in on those things is one of the things that a really good agent can do. So hopefully that uh, answers that question, but a really good one. I think there's a lot of, uh, a lot of different slicing and dicing that can be done on that one. OK. Let's see. Do we have any other uh, emails or callers? Oh, I, can, I can tag on while we're waiting for that, and that is that um, I'm preparing some slides to do my um, um, certification for call center managers here in Chicago next month, uh, sponsored by Benchmark Portal. And they have four rules, actually, of making sure that no matter what part of the country or globally, what we need to address. And that is do make customer satisfaction a primary performance measure. No matter what, that satisfaction is what we're in this business for. People need to feel good when they leave your call or feel better informed. Number two, is be sure to tie in some kind of compensation for achieving that levels of satisfaction. We talked about rewards earlier. Mm. Um, number three on the slide is to uh, balance these satisfaction metrics with your productivity. Uh, you need to know if people are in their seats, being occupied, you know, adherence to schedule, because quite frankly, if, if the agents are not in their seat, people are not going to experience that beautiful speed to answer and ease of access that they want so badly. And then number four on the slide was uh, make compliance scores a critical part of goal achievement. So that's where the coaching really needs to come in. And you're engaging supervisors even to say, you're a supervisor. Are you taking care of your team? Because if they're missing a point on compliance, only you would know that and only you can, um, can really, really, really make a difference in that. No matter what part of the country, no matter what the different criteria needs to, to make sure that it covers all those bases. Mm. And that's from the class that I'm teaching next month. So. Well, you know, that's, 
the, the really good points there, Drew, and I think ideally uh, with regard to incentives and compensation, you have a balanced scorecard or dashboard that the agent can actually refer to on a regular basis, even daily in some cases. Now, this is uh, very futuristic for some call centers, but we've actually uh, helped a number of call centers who didn't think that they could get there, get there. They actually have the wherewithal and the metrics to do it. They just have to organize <laughs> to actually do it. And for example, there's one system we've just put together that includes um, uh, two, the two quality metrics, the monitored ones and the CSAT ones, so the hard metrics and uh, the hard aspects of the call and the soft aspects of the call. Uh, then add on to that some gating metrics like uh, attendance and adherence. And uh, that by gating metrics, I mean you have to have a certain level of attendance and adherence to get the bonus or the uh, incentive, whatever that happens to be. And then, uh, you know, have a quantity metric to balance things out, like calls per hour, or something that shows that they're, in fact, being very productive. And, uh, you know, we, we've designed systems for this that can be really important in terms of increasing quality as well as uh, making the CFOs happy by increasing quantity. And, boy, when you're able to do that, uh, then um, certainly the criteria for quality are met. And on the other hand, uh, the criteria for me making your, um, your, the people in the corner offices of your company are, are also met. So, um, yeah, to, to finish that out, too, I ranked what people really want in criteria. And the number three issue that they always measure, always, 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 is where you're professional and all those attitude questions, communication, yep. professional, et cetera. The number three is did you have ease of access, which is all that thing about really, really complying with your attendance and, and issues so that you are in your seat and people when they're dialing into your number have ease of access. Now the number one is first call resolution and that one up is the top criteria to measure. Yeah, you know, actually the number one and number three come together uh, when you think about how good is your desktop application and your knowledge management systems. Um, you know, in a, in a sense, the quality that your agents are able to give in terms of number one and number three, first call resolution and the, the number three, is, is highly dependent on what they've got to work with, the tools that you've given them to work with. So if you have a really good knowledge management system, a great desktop application, uh, then they're able to, uh, you know, fulfill the customer's criteria for quality in terms of those metrics a lot better. Um, have you found that also, Drew, in terms of just looking at the internal systems of the companies you've looked at? The navigation is a whole other topic, and so we, we have a lot of topics you can vote on at the end of this call to say, what do you want to hear from us in the future? So that could be a whole conversation, Bruce. Yep. Um, okay. Right now, if I can, uh, you and I practice a little bit of a game here. It's a bonus. The top 12 criteria and outcomes for quality. You know, we measure all this quality, but we really need results to happen from any quality mode or good survey that we're doing. So if you would be so kind to, we'll do a back and forth. You can take notes on this, or we're going to send out some notes as, as, as you uh, interact with us in the, in the coming week. But uh, here were 12 different tips of things that we want to measure, and if it's better in the eyes of the business or the caller. So, Bruce? Mm -hmm. Okay. Number one is a company that cares about me as a customer. Well, that's clearly a customer uh, query, and your, when you hear your call is very important to us, make sure the caller feels very important at the end of your call. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Number two, a smooth experience that was easy. Well, that's again by the customer. You know when they press that little easy button? 
That means it was so quick to reach an agent. I didn't have to fuss around a lot. I got immediately to the agent and the right department with the right agent. Absolutely. Okay. Knowledgeable employees. Now, this is one that I told you before on that Ask program, that both the customer and the business should be rating knowledge. Knowledge from the customer is I learned something new, and from the business point of view, if you are giving accurate and uh, correct information. Mm, absolutely. And, and this fits right into it. Number four is the agent has my records available. Again, I would give that both a C for customer and a B for business. Because mm -hmm. if you have records available, you can address that business issue quickly. That's called a CRM system or a knowledge information system or all of that navigation you were just talking about. They know mm -hmm. my information. Helps the caller, mm -hmm. helps the business. Okay, the next one, number five, is kind of one of those uh, edicts from above that you've got to do better, sell more. And it's, uh, we must reach, for example, a 30% upsell rate. Where do you put that one? You know, at first I thought that was business only because the business wants to sell you something. Um, but I do see that it's rated now by customer surveys. Did I learn something new? Did hmm. you up-educate me? For example, I'm yeah. calling in about snowshoes. Well, guess what? You can also order boots and hats and ski gloves. Yeah. yeah. Actually, that one there is uh, someone once told me that cross-selling makes for cross-customers. And actually, a lot of research has been done into how to make sure that doesn't happen. And, and you, you hit the nail on the head. It's really the education. It's knowing them as uh, caring about them as a customer, knowing what their needs are, and then being able to uh, up-educate them uh, and ultimately upsell. So great one. Great one. Number six is made to feel like they valued me. Well, again, that goes with the VIP value that is strictly a rating by the customer. Did that customer, mm -hmm. as you were talking about personality issues, do they really come into my realm? If they're yelling and very angry, you might try whispering and bring them into your fold. I'm here to help mm -hmm. you. Please. So okay. value. Okay, great. The next one is enjoyed the experience of dealing with them. That's a customer measure. Anytime a customer can walk away and say, wow, that was great, is a good mm -hmm. score. Okay, great. Number eight, made to feel like I want to do business with them again. Now, here's a customer loyalty measure. There's a lot of different ways to ask this. So there again, really work with your business partners or, you know, send some information out to the Benchmark Portal. We'll be happy to help you because that brings it to the level of customer loyalty, doing business yeah. again. Yeah, and actually it's an affirmation. It's saying, hey, I made the right choice by doing what I did, so I'm affirming myself as well as uh, the company affirming itself. So, right. okay, good. Uh, AHT has to be at 320, for instance. This is uh, where quality is seen by upper management. Right. That's an old measure of productivity. Three minutes. It has to be done in three minutes and 20 seconds or less, you know. Um, I think that if we let it go for three minutes and 40 seconds, you might just get good resolution as well. So it's a secondary measure, and it is purely a business measure. Okay, we're up at the end of the uh, half hour now, so I'll just put the next three together because one is the, you know, must have, 80% of calls answered in 20 seconds. First call resolution needs to be at 80%. Schedule adherence must be at 86%. These kinds of measures. So how about those? Any kind of hardcore measure like those that you have in your KPIs, key performance indicators, are both helpful to the customer as well as to the business. So with that, we've gotten all of them that really, really address customer satisfaction in the eyes of criteria and outcomes for quality. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Bruce. Okay. Great. Well, thank you very much, Drew. Uh, Sean, over to you.
Well, that concludes our show today. I want to thank you for attending uh, Call Talk. <coughs> um, vote uh, right now on the next topic uh, for our next show in two weeks. And uh, if you have any other questions from the show, please email us at calltalk at benchmarkportal.com. Thank you very much, and have a great day. Thank you.